I have a secret and I'm going to keep it to myself for just a little while longer. But be sure to tune in in a couple of weeks. I don't know if it'll be two or three weeks. Um, it's something that I'm going to be doing in May with a very special friend, and we will reveal it in her interview that will er, uh, that will air sometime in early April. I'm not sure of ex- the exact date yet. It will either be the first or second week of April. Space for what we're going to announce is going to be very limited, and I promise you will not want to miss out on this. It's how do I explain it without explaining it, without giving it away? Um, it's really an opportunity for healing and for connection that I've never offered before. I've never done anything like this before, and I'm super excited about it. And very honored that this woman is um, is going to, we're going to team up to do this. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. You know, I don't think that I've ever shared this on the podcast before, but I often get my inspiration and ideas for my episodes from either reading back through the journal that I started within a matter of days of of Greg leaving this life, and also from Facebook posts that I see um, in bereaved mom groups that I'm in. And I don't go into those groups specifically or intentionally, but I find that when I open Facebook, a lot of the posts from those groups, which is interesting to me because, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but you know, this Facebook and Instagram algorithm and all this stuff that, that to me sounds like math and math is not my thing. So I kind of avoid it as much as I can. But what I do understand is that the more you interact with another person or group or page, the more that person, group, or page is going to appear in your feed. And so that's why it's interesting to me that these posts from bereaved mom groups will pop up on my feed because I don't interact in them. Not very much. Um, First of all, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook these days. And when I do, I'm usually there to post on my page or my group, in my group, and then I'm done. I'm gone. So anyway, that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from um, because I see so much pain and despair and hopelessness. Hopelessness is the word um, from so many moms and it hurts my heart. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing with this podcast because it doesn't have to be that way. So that might be a really long way of going around to get to today's topic. Um, and what I want to share with you are questions that I asked myself fairly early on in my journey a couple of years ago and questions that I continue to ask myself when I sink into those low places or when I'm faced with an opportunity that I vacillate on making a decision with. So these questions are, mm, 
they're simple, but they're also very profound and they're very thought provoking and they can bring up a lot of emotion. But the, for, to me, the best questions in life do bring up a lot of emotion because that's where our best choices are made. And if you can't feel something in your body, then that should give you a signal that it might not be the right thing for you at this time. So, but for today, I want to I want to share these questions with you because I think that they will help you no matter what it is that you are grieving. You can, and, and this is true with everything I share on this podcast, you can take what I share and tweak it or shift it a little bit so that it applies to you. So the first question, you know, one thing that I hear a lot from moms in particular, but also, mm, you know, this also goes back in all my years as a paralegal in family law. Um, clients would come to me and or they would call and the question they always ask is why? Why did this happen to me? Why am I experiencing this? And why I learned a long time ago is not the right question most of the time. And the reason I say that is because if you've listened to any of my other previous episodes, and I've talked about this a lot, and I'm actually going to be talking about it with my guest in a few weeks, the one that I teased about at the beginning of this episode. The why is really because of the agreements that we made with our soul and our soul family before we incarnated into this lifetime. And when you can come to a level of acceptance with that, it takes away some of the pressure of the deep need to understand why. As a human being, I'm never going to understand why my son left this life before I did. Never. I can continue to ask myself that question and drive myself absolutely freaking insane in my head the rest of my life. But what purpose does that serve me or my family or my loved ones or my listeners? I wouldn't have a podcast if that's where I was at. I certainly, I might have a podcast because anybody can have a podcast, but it wouldn't be of value to anyone and it wouldn't be listened to. And I come from such a deep place of service with this and such a deep space of love and knowing that you don't have to struggle. So again, go back and listen to some of the other episodes where I've talked about soul contracts. And I don't remember the, I think it was episode number three, um, but you can scroll back through the previous episodes and find it. And there was one for sure all about soul contracts, but that was early on. And I've, I've talked about it. It's been sprinkled here and there since then. But again, asking yourself why will drive you crazy mentally in your mind. You can shift that question when it comes up because it, it still comes up for me. I'm not going to lie to you and say it doesn't. I'm a human being. And I'm a mom who lost a child, but I shift that question when it comes up. And yes, there are times where I will still look because we tend to look up when we're questioning God or the universe or spirit or whatever. And I will look up and I will say, Greg, why did you leave? It doesn't happen very often anymore, but yes, it still happens once in a while. And when it does, I shift it. And instead I ask myself, what can I use this experience to do for myself and for other people. And there are, and I'm, I'm hesitating as I speak that because there are so many variations of what I ask myself instead. And I can't, I mean, they come through at the moment and I can't 
give you examples of all of them. But another one, another question I'll ask is, you know, how, how can I use my experience to heal parts of myself that clearly need to be healed? How can I use this to expand and grow and evolve as a soul? Because I believe that my soul agreed to this for some growth or expansion purpose. Again, as a human being, I may never understand it, but it's the questioning, it's the searching, it's the seeking that brings me to a space of mm, compassion and peace. And I think that's one of the things that grieving people want most is peace, peace from the relentless trauma and grieving and lower level emotions. So that's one question. And it's not real, you know, why is not the question I ask myself, but when I do ask myself that, I shift it. And I wanted to share that because I think that it's so important because I hear that so often from my clients and I see it being asked on social media. All right. The next question that I ask is one that I, and again, this isn't so much a question, but it's a, um, a shift in perspective that I started asking myself after I left my marriage in 2008. I was 48 years old at the time and I started asking myself or or telling myself and just really, really embodying the idea, the notion, the belief that I didn't want, I was, I believed I was almost halfway through my life. I don't know for sure, obviously, but I felt that 50 was like a halfway point. And I started looking at when I get to the end of my life, I don't want to have any regrets over things I didn't do, chances I didn't take, experiences I didn't have, and feelings I didn't feel. And so I started to create opportunities and situations for myself that opened me up to things that I hadn't yet experienced up to that point. And I knew very, very, I remember very consciously thinking that if I try something or experience something and it doesn't work out, or I don't like to use the word fail because I don't believe there's failure. I believe that we can learn from things. And if we don't like the experience, then we can choose not to do it again or not to have it again. um, If it's something we actively seek out. So I started saying yes to so many things that just a couple of years before that, I would never have even contemplated. And I'll give you a real quick example, because I was sharing this with someone just the other day. Um, I had wanted to go to France, to Paris in particular, since I was seven years old. When I was seven years old, I went to private school and French was a required language. So I was fluent in French by the time I was, you know, a young child, um, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And then I took it in summer school when I went back to public school. And then I took it through junior high school and all through high school. I majored in it um, my first year of college. I loved it. I fell in love with everything about France. And so I am sure I didn't realize this back then, but I'm sure that I lived a past life in France or in that area. So in 2014, I went to a a women's seminar out in San Diego, 
and I joined a very high-level women's spiritual mastermind group. And I knew it was a year-long program, and I knew, and I know that one of the reasons I joined was because it included a retreat to France. And it was the retreat was in um, kind of like the southern part of France, kind of near the French Alps, not near Paris. It was not in Paris. And so I wanted to go to Paris. We had to be in the southern part of France on a Monday afternoon. I wanted to go to Paris the weekend before. None of the other women in the group wanted to go the weekend before. Some of them were going the weekend after, but I wanted to come back home the weekend after. So I had two choices. I was 54 years old. Now, mind you, I had never been to France. I had never been to Europe. I had been to Canada and Mexico, but always with a group or a husband or whatever. I never went by myself. Let's just put it that way. I had two choices when I was getting ready to book my trip to France, having never been to Europe and no longer being fluent in French. Let's make that perfectly clear too. I could either just fly right on straight to Lyon to where I was meeting this group for our retreat, which was an amazing experience. I I won't even go off on a tangent, but I know some of you who were with me on that trip listened to this, so you know what that retreat experience was like. It was magical. Um, So I could either just fly straight from Atlanta to Lyon and regret not going to Paris the rest of my life, or I could put on my big girl panties and I could go to Paris by myself for the weekend. And that's exactly what I did. I went to Barnes & Noble. I found a book about traveling to France that was written by a woman. Because how do you choose a hotel in a country you've never been to? So, you know, you don't know. I mean, traveling within the United States and you're choosing a hotel, you don't know what areas are like. I followed my intuition and I chose a hotel, a little boutique hotel, and I went to Paris for a whole weekend by myself. I didn't know a living soul in that city. I didn't know anybody in the country. I was completely on my own. I remember sitting at a, I mean, the quintessential Parisian experience to me would be sitting outside at a Parisian cafe, drinking a glass of white wine and eating a bowl of French onion soup. And it's exactly what I did the first afternoon I was there. It was a Friday afternoon. People were hustling and bustling by on their way to and from wherever they were going after work. And I remember this man uh, riding by. Lots of people ride bicycles in France, in Paris. And I remember this older man riding by on a bicycle, and he had a little wooden basket on the front of it with a baguette of, of French bread, a French baguette in the basket, and flowers, fresh flowers. And I remember sitting there with tears streaming down my face, thinking, I can't believe I'm finally here. I had wanted this since I was seven years old. So what does this have to do with grief and healing? It's about not having any regrets. If I had not gifted myself that experience, I would have regretted that the rest of my life. So for you, the question to ask yourself is, what opportunities are you being gifted in your life that you can say yes to so that when you get to the end of your life and you take your final breath, you aren't left looking around going, Oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I had said yes to that. I wish I had tried this. I wish I had gone there because by then it'll be too late. I won't get to the end of my life and regret not having taken that chance and gone to France. I also will share with you, I went back to Paris by myself for an entire week the following year. I then went to Italy the year after that. Now, 
that trip, Greg and his father met me in Rome after I had been on a retreat up in, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the town now. Oh my goodness. Um, poor, uh, never mind. It was on the Italian Riviera. I'll just leave it at that. I'm totally drawing a blank, but it was magical. And again, I could have just gone to the retreat on the Italian Riviera and then flown home. But instead, Greg and his dad flew over to Rome and we had the most magical time. And this is my ex-husband, what we're friends. And Walking around Rome the first day, Greg kept saying, Mom, I feel like I'm walking around in a painting. I feel like I'm walking in a painting. And we went to Pompeii and we went to the Amalfi Coast and we went to Tuscany and we went on a, um, on a tour of an, Ita- an organic Italian vineyard and the vineyard owner and his daughter prepared the most delicious luxurious meal for us. And Greg fell in love with red wine on that trip. So, and actually, as I'm recording this, we were in Rome five years ago today, as I'm recording this podcast, walking around Rome, we went to the Colosseum and he loved it. So if I had said, no, I need to get back home because I need to get back to work or whatever excuses we can make up. No, instead I said, yes, come meet me in Rome. Let's do this. I'm so grateful that I did. So what is your soul yearning for? Because if you're still here in this life, I guarantee you, your soul is yearning for some experience. Gift yourself, gift your soul that experience. So again, when you get to the end of your life, you have no regrets. If you try something and you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. I've tried plenty of things in the last 12 years that I don't, well, over my life, obviously, but especially in the last 12 years since I've been on this um, spiritual path that don't resonate with me. Don't feel right to me. I don't do them again, but at least I tried. All right. The last question. And this is the one that I started asking myself early on after Greg had passed away. And I'm going to try to say this in a way that makes sense. So bear with me. And, and actually, before I even speak these words, I want you to close your eyes, just close your eyes and get still and take a deep breath in to the count of four. And hold it for four. And release it through your mouth for four. And hold it for four. And just connect in with your heart space as you continue to breathe naturally. And now listen as I say these words. The question I asked myself very early on is, if I had passed away before my mother did, what would I have wanted her life to be like? If I had left this life and my mom was still here, would I have wanted her to stop living? And just honor whatever comes up for you, because that might bring up some emotions. I know it does when I ask myself that question, because I think of my sweet, beautiful mom. And if I had left this life while she was still here in this life. I wouldn't want her to stop living. I would want her to find moments of joy. I would want her to laugh. I would want her to feel and experience the richness life still had to offer her. I would want her to feel love. And I would want her to express herself and to feel those those moments of happiness, the moments of laughter, to, to experience whatever her soul came here to experience. I wouldn't want her to be broken and and crushed and hiding the rest of her life. 
I would understand, I believe I would understand that she would have moments where that would happen, where she would be in a heap on the floor crying. But I would also want to watch her rise up and continue living her life. And whether you, if you have not had a child go to spirit before you do, um, what if it's a beloved, what if it's a spouse? I know I have a client whose spouse, whose husband passed away and she was shattered. They'd been married for 43 years, I believe. And she was devastated. Of course she was. She hadn't lost a child, her children. I think she has a son and a daughter. They're still here in this life. And so asking yourself that question, and again, replacing, you know, if you don't have a child in spirit, whatever it is that you're grieving, whoever it is that you're grieving, you know, would I have wanted my mom if I had left this life? How would I want her to continue living her life? And what that led me to was the realization that I would want her to honor me and my life and my legacy. And I believe with everything inside of me that is that, that that is now my, my, my job, my mission, my honor, my purpose is to honor Greg's life and legacy with everything that I do. Everything, every word I speak, every, everything that I do, all the energy that I carry with me. And then I'll share with you one final one final question that I asked myself because this just came to me. Um, and I, I had to ask. And hmm. so Greg passed away on January 6th of 2019. I had a solo beach retreat planned to Destin, Florida on January 24th. So what is that like? However many days later, 18 days later, I guess I'm bad at math. Um, but less than three, like two and a half weeks later. And I remember the afternoon that he had passed away. I remember standing in my older son's kitchen and saying, I don't know if I said it out loud, but I thought I can't go on that trip. You know, I can't, my child just died. He's gone. How can I, I can't go on that trip. And I remember hearing his voice say, mom, you have to go. You love the beach. You have to go. And I remember being startled and looking around. I know that that was Greg and my higher self, my soul reminding me how much I needed that experience. I needed that, I needed that trip. And to not have gone on that trip would have not been honoring Greg. And here's why, because if I hadn't gone on that trip, if I stopped living, and I'm going to be really real with you right now, I don't think I've spoken these words on this podcast. If I had not gone on that trip, if I stopped living, if I allowed the grief to consume me the rest of my life, I would not be the mom that Greg knew and loved. And that's about as real and raw as I can get with you. And to to become a victim of this, to allow myself to become a victim of this, would have been dishonoring Greg. It would have been dishonoring his life and legacy. It would be dishonoring my older son and his children. And it would be dishonoring my soul. And so when I start to fall into the abyss of grief, because again, there are times when I do, I'm human, I'm going to, but I remind myself of who I am as Greg's mom. And then it doesn't become about me and it allows me to walk right on by that victim archetype that is holding out its hand, waiting for me to take it and to suck me down into that, into that paradigm that I will not allow myself to succumb to. 
So I hope those questions help you in every aspect of your life, not only in grief, but in every aspect of your life. How can you choose to grow and to expand through whatever experience you're having? What is it that your soul wants you to do with whatever whatever comes your way? I don't believe that on a conscious level, I chose as a human for a child to leave this life before I did, but it happened. And so while I didn't have a choice in that, I do have a choice as a human being into how I react and respond to that experience and to every other experience that I have in my life. All right, that is all I have for today. And again, things are going to be shifting on this podcast. Um, I'm still feeling into exactly what that's going to look like. It will always be from the lens of healing, always, because I believe that we all have the ability to heal ourselves, but we have to choose it. And if you choose to heal, if you choose not to hold the hand of the victim archetype or any of the other lower level archetypes, there are tools and people who can, who can guide you. I believe that I am one of those people who I'm here to guide people. I'm not going to heal anyone else. No one else can heal me. That's an inside job, and that's more of what I'll be talking about in upcoming episodes. But I hope that you have found value in these questions and that you will use these questions because these questions are what helped me rise in the very early days, in the very early hours of Greg. I mean, literally the hours after Greg's passing. And they continue to help me 24 and a half months in. And I hope they will assist you as well. So until next week, I am sending you so much love, light, beauty, and grace. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.